Hey guys, welcome to the One Delightful Podcast. Where we believe life should be simple. But awesome. I'm Katie. And I'm Philip. And we invite you to join us on a journey as we try to start a new business and grow our family. While trying to clear through the clutter of life to create space for what really matters. And trust us, if we can do it, anyone can do it. On today's show, we're going to check in with What's the Word? We're going to play a game called Allowance High-Low. We're going to talk about prioritizing our priorities. That's a tongue twister. And we're going to end with What Do You Recommend? Today's podcast is sponsored by One Delightful Shop. We're getting ready for the fall with some awesome, comfortable pieces for cozy hay rides. (laughs) And Katie, I don't know about you, but I'm doing my happy dance over here because I can't wait for people to see the comfortable, the beautiful garments that you have hand-selected to be in your fall line. They're all made in the USA. They're all for all-size women. And they are... I mean, I'm tearing up a little bit thinking about these clothes. (laughs) Thanks, Philip. And everything also ships free because you got to love free shipping, right? You got to love that. And if you mention podcasts in the checkout notes, you'll get 10% off. Hello again, Katie. Hi, Philip. What's the word? So my word this week is summer. Mm, That's a good word. So here it's the middle of August And I feel like August is the time of year where I start to get mixed emotions about whether I want summer to end or not. That makes sense. Because I feel like we start summer really late here. So there's definitely a part of me that just wants to hold on to summer and the laid back, you know, dinners and, you know, just not a lot of schedule. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the traveling piece, but, you know, we're basically home now, more or less. But I also feel like a lot of the country has already had to start to move back to school. And so summer's really wrapped up for them. So I feel like it's kind of nice for us because I can see other people go back to school and then I can like gear myself up for it rather than it be like, oh, it's here already. It's like being on the last car of a roller coaster. Yeah. You've seen everybody else go and that makes it a little bit easier for you. Right. But then I think there's the anticipation of, oh man, it is really, it's really happening. It's one of the saddest times of the year for me. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) So anyways, summer's my word. What's your word this week, Philip? My word this week is baseball. America's favorite pastime. America's favorite pastime. And a nice segue into the fall. But that's not the reason. The reason why my word is baseball is because our son is obsessed with baseball. Yeah, it's true. And while normally you should never be excited about a person being obsessed with anything because it probably signals some sort of psychological disorder, I think, and maybe for anyone who's not a parent, here's just a little parent education for you. I think it's just in a child's nature to be totally obsessed with stuff. It's like they make idols. It, their hearts are little idol factories. That's right. <laughs> um, and our son has been no different. Uh, but the things that he has been obsessed with, for the most part, have either involved a screen, like a TV show, 
Um, a lot of like YouTube hobby kids. Maybe you've heard of hobby kids before. I had not heard it's of hobby kids. It's something branded. It's something branded. And sometimes it gets a little bit strange, like um, Japanese cartoons from the mid 90s that mm-hmm. he will somehow find to get obsessed with. Beyblades. Yeah. Had no idea what that was. Right. Pokemon. I do know what a Pokemon is, sort of. Um, but finally, his kindergarten teacher gave him two baseball cards as mm-hmm. like a prize for something. And that has turned into an obsession with baseball, which if you've got to be obsessed with something, it's not that bad. It involves physical activity. Mm -hmm. It involves learning hand-eye coordination. It involves playing well with others. And while it gets annoying, just like anything else does, to be asked over and over again to do the same repetitive task, baseball, it has not been that bad of an obsession. Well, I guess here's one hard part. We did buy him an actual baseball. Normally, we just play with a wiffle ball. And that is a little bit terrifying to have yeah. inside the and house. and the metal bat could be scary, too. Right <laughs> now, we just use wiffle ball bats. Yeah. But every time we play, he says, oh, I can't wait till I can use a metal bat. Yeah, maybe start with the glove first. Well, you know what that leads to? Street gang. Okay. It's true. I didn't know where that was going. All right. Now we're going to play a game called Allowance High Low, where we name the going rate for a chore that a small child or a medium-sized child could do, and then weigh in on if that price is too high or too low. Katie, you know what one of the nicest parts about having kids is? Um, having someone to love and love you back? Nope. Cheap labor. Okay. <laughs> Finally, we have children that are almost old enough where they could do chores to earn money for. And honestly, they can start to do some stuff that's really helpful around the house. But it's hard as a parent to decide how much do you pay for particular chores. Yeah. And so we're here to help. We're going to play a game (laughs) called Allowance High Low, where we're going to name what I would consider is a going rate for a particular chore and then talk about is that price too high or too low. Katie, are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. The first chore is cleaning your room. And the price for cleaning your room is $1. Okay, I'm going to go with that is too low. Too low, okay. I feel like... Our kid's room can get to be one of the messiest places in the house, and it drives me crazy when it gets messy because then they can't find their shoes or their clothes, and it takes 10 times longer to get out of the house, so I'm going to put a very high value on a clean bedroom. I'm not saying I'm going to pay a dollar every day, but I am saying... When I'm asking them to clean their rooms, I'm saying I would do more than a dollar. See, I'm going to go to the other side on that. And I'm going to say for almost those exact same reasons, that price is way too high because it's their room. They should be motivated to want to keep it clean. And also it's their room. I'm not the one that's going in and making a mess and dumping all of the clothes out of their drawers. They're the ones that are doing that. So I think clean your room. That should be like 50 cents, 25 cents, a wood nickel. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. All right. The next chore 
And this is for more of a medium to like large size child. Okay. So our six-year-old isn't going to do this. I would say wouldn't qualify for mowing the grass. And I'm going to put the price on that at $5. Are we saying any yard or our yard? I'm saying mowing the grass, $5. Okay, I'm going to go high then. But I think that this is too, like, subject to the yard. Someone could live on a farm. (laughs) Someone could be Amish and not use power tools. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know what the right word is. Equipment? No, I mean, they could have to hitch a horse up to some sort of, like, archaic tractor to mow the So I just think there's too many factors, so, but... In our circumstance, I'm going to say hi. Okay. See, I'm going to say $5. Potentially, see, the hard thing is I want to say $5 is just right, but that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is you have to go too high or too Mm -hmm. low. And so I'm going to say $5 is low. But you're right. It does depend on the size of yard you have and the equipment available to you. We have a postage stamp size yard. And we have a manual lawnmower. So I would say $5 might even be appropriate if you throw in weed whacking too. Mm. But for most people, I feel like a normal size yard, $5 might be a little bit too low. Um, Especially if you throw in weed whacking too. Do not forget about the weed whacking. All right, Katie, the next chore is brushing your teeth. And the price for brushing your teeth is 25 cents per brush. Okay, I'm going to go just a smidge low. Oh, too low, okay. Okay, because I feel like 25 cents doesn't get you anywhere in this world anymore. Dental hygiene is really important, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, sort of. But establishing those habits early might be good. So I feel like it's not going to cost that much, right? Just See, a smidge high, just a smidge high. I'm going the exact I mean opposite way, and I'm going to say 25 cents. That is way too high. That's highway robbery. Brushing your teeth is not something that a person should receive compensation for. Brushing your teeth is just like a something you teach somebody because they have like a measure of self-respect that they just do no matter what. They do it for their own good. They do it for themselves. So I'm going to say 25 cents for brushing your teeth no, we, we can never do that. All right, last chore of the day, and this is sort of a specialty one, not one that you would be doing all the time, hauling brick or cinder block from one place to another. And the price that I'm going to put on that is $1. Okay, um, I guess I'm going to go low on that. Okay. Man, I'm so generous. I, there's a lot of variables that could be happening here. Hauling okay. brick, Philip. Mm-hmm. Like, are we talking all day? Is a dollar an hour the wage? Let's say like 50 to 100 bricks. And that's their job. That's their job. I feel like it's good to learn how to do some manual labor. Mm-hmm. And a dollar just isn't very much. That could take some time, especially if they're little. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say that. I just threw that one in because the other day we had to go to Home Depot and buy some bricks for a wall we needed to repair. And we had our six-year-old 
who's very motivated to do chores because he wants to buy a Nerf gun, haul 50 to 60 bricks by himself. Well, not by himself, but almost by himself. And we just paid him a dollar for it. So I was hoping you were going to say that's like the perfect price to pay, but I think we might have gotten a really good deal. So you think we're we're in agreement that that's a low rate? Maybe we should go back and give him a little bonus. Okay. Sounds fair. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about prioritizing your priorities. Oh, wow. That's a lot of alliteration. It's a tongue twister. It is a tongue twister. But what we mean by that is taking things that we say are our priorities and do we actually use our time as if those are our priorities. Yeah, that's right. And you'll notice some of it comes to from this quote by Annie Dillard that we found. That's the name of the podcast. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. And that's sort of a scary thought. Mm-hmm. Um, another fall is coming. And fall sort of feels like it's like a time of beginnings, right? Sure. It's like a mini new year. People might be getting a new calendar. I might get a kiss. <laughs> because you get, you know, there's calendars that start in January, and then there's a lot of calendars that start in, like, September. For the fiscal year. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so a typical fall for us generally looks like, it, it is, it sort of feels like a new year where we will um, set goals of sort of like what we want this fall to look like that's different from every other fall that's come before, but... Before the leaves start to change colors, typically fall reverts to just what normal is, which looks like our lives feeling very overscheduled, very stressed. Um, Because of my work, it's been meant a lot of nights out. Um, And it just ends up being a life that's really busy where we don't have like a ton of time or too tired to have a ton of time. That's more alliteration for you. Um, for each other, for our kids, for the stuff that we really want our life to be about. So a question that we've been asking ourselves is, why is this? Why does it feel like we enter into a new season with the best intentions of things changing, but then partway or not even partway through that season, it just sort of feels like, man, nothing's changed. Everything is still sort of the same. So there's probably a lot of reasons why this happens, but we thought of two main reasons for us that might be true of you guys too. The first one we thought of is trying to do too much at once, where I feel like I'm like, oh, this fall, I'm going to eat breakfast with the kids every day, and I'm going to wake up early, and I'm going to exercise before that, and then I like miss a day, and I find myself giving up. Or it's something simple, like... I hate cleaning and I think, oh, what I should do is I just should do one cleaning task a day. And then next thing you know, <laughs> I I haven't even started that one because I'm so bad at that. But I think it's the cumulative effect of trying to make all these changes together that just makes it overwhelming and can make you feel defeated. Yeah, before a season starts, when you're thinking idealistically about what could happen... 
you in your head can do a lot more than you can actually do. It's sort of like this, like imagine somebody handing you a 200 pound weight and saying, hey, you need to carry this around all the time when you're used to not carrying anything. I feel like that's what it can feel a lot with a new season starting, setting goals for it, and then wondering why, oh man, it sort of fell apart right away. Well, because you're not used to carrying that 200 pound weight around. I feel like that's what we feel like a lot with it. Yeah. Um, but there's another thing that we thought about too, in terms of like, why does this happen? Why do we start with great intentions and then feel like we're not able to follow through on them? I feel like a problem that we have has to do with the way that we schedule our time too, in that we normally do a pretty good job of keeping a schedule. I feel like you have to, when you have two people that are working and have kids, Um, But when we do our schedule, what we generally do is put in the schedule the things that we have to do, the things that we need to do, and the things that we feel obliged to do. That's the stuff that goes in the schedule, stuff with school, stuff with work, or that stuff where it's you feel like, "Ah, I sort of need to say yes to this, even though I don't really want to say yes to this. Um, And what we end up thinking is that There's going to be time for the stuff that matters, whether it's stuff for ourselves or your spouse or your family or friends. There's going to be time for all that kind of stuff in the margins of the things that we schedule in. But in reality, for us at least, what ends up happening is that by the time we get done with everything in our schedule, we're either too tired to do this stuff that's really important to us and we know matters but isn't in the schedule, or we literally have packed our schedule so tight. I know this is what happens with me sometimes, that there's just literally no time for anything else. So the stuff that I say is a priority to me ends up getting dropped because I've scheduled everything else in but haven't scheduled that in. Yeah, because I guess, too, if you think about it, our priorities, like our large overarching like priorities, meaning like our values, maybe family, faith, things like that, a lot of times are important things to us, but they're not necessarily urgent things. So they're things that don't necessarily have a time frame set on it unless we put some kind of time frame on it. Right? Right. So this fall, we're inviting you into our journey of trying to do it different. We're in a ton of transition in our life. Both of us are changing jobs. We're trying to start a new business. And we could get a call about a baby that we could potentially adopt any day now. And we've traditionally been pretty bad at taking the idealistic priorities we have and putting them into practice. But we really want to try to do it different this year. Our hope is that by sharing with you guys what we're doing in our lives, that can possibly help you guys as you're figuring out yours. So here's our plan to try to make this season different than anyone that's come before it. We are going to try to prioritize our priorities. So here's what we mean by that statement that's still pretty hard to make. Um, In the next week, Katie and I are going to sit down and we're going to try to come up with what our priorities are. And by that, We just need the broad things that are the most important to us in life. And most of them are pretty self-evident, like our faith, our marriage, our family, our friends. And for each priority, we're going to try to just have one goal for the next season. Now, you might be thinking, that does not sound like that many goals. But this goes back to the whole thing where I feel like normally when we try to go into a season, we have all these different things that we're trying to do to make ourselves and our life better. And what ends up happening is there's so much to do 
that gets overwhelming and we don't get any of it done. Albert Einstein said that the definition of insanity was to try to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results that come from it. So we're not going to set a ton of goals. We're just going to try to have one goal for each category and see if we can do that. And then we're going to see how it goes trying to put them into practice. So our question is, how does the fall feel for you? Do you know what your priorities are? What if this fall, we all created some peace for ourselves by knowing what was important in our lives and having at least one way that we're going to make what's most important a priority for the next season? That's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to prioritize our priorities. And this is something that you could totally just jot down on a piece of paper and start brainstorming what your priorities are. But we also made a worksheet if you want to use that as a guide. We're not even taking it for granted that just this process is going to be easy because with how chaotic our house is, it could be nuts for us to even just try to have one serious conversation. So on an upcoming podcast, we're going to talk to you about what it was like for us to try to start to prioritize our priorities. Now we're going to end the show with what do you recommend, where we ask each other, what do you recommend and give a recommendation of something that we like in the world. Katie, what do you recommend this week? Okay, this one's kind of random, but I mentioned it on my Insta stories and I had a couple questions about them. So my recommendation this week is actually cloth napkins. Ooh, cloth napkins. I know we're getting fancy here. And deep. So we, I guess for some reason, registered for cloth napkins when we got married. I guess I was ambitious that we would be using them. Mm -hmm. And then I would say for about nine years, we used them once a year. That's right. So we had them just taking up space in our kitchen, but we weren't really using them. And I've heard actually that millennials are killing the paper napkin. That is paper napkin sales are down, Philip. No, I'm just thinking of all the people in the paper napkin industry and what are they going to do? Yeah. So they're going to have to go solar. (laughs) So, but it makes sense because I feel like most people, you don't think to buy paper napkins. You end up just using like paper towels or something. Right. I feel like that's what we had done for a while. And then recently I was like, I am breaking out the cloth napkins. And it's worked out nicely. I was wondering why our dinners have started to feel like we were at a fine Italian restaurant, (laughs) and that explains it. It makes things feel a little bit fancier, right? That is true. It's nice to have them on hand. But then I wash our dish towels separately. That's just a bonus pro tip because I've heard that, like... The germs from your dish towel should not be, like, washed with your underwear. That's nasty. Think about that. I don't know. Maybe the dish towels are like, I don't want to get washed with underwear. That's the problem. Yeah. The underwear is the nasty part. Oh. Or, well, then why do I wash my underwear with everything else? No, the, sorry. It's more that you shouldn't wash clothing with dish towels. Maybe I don't know now who... that we're doing reusable napkins, we could start using disposable underwear. <laughs> Maybe. So... I wash my dish towels separately anyways, okay? Okay. And it would be very small load, but now they've added the cloth napkins. 
It's just it's right. It's the right size. Okay, so we're going to put, I'm going to find a couple cute napkins that I've seen recently and put them in the show notes. Great. So, Philip, what do you recommend? Catherine, this week my recommendation is the Amazon Echo. Ooh. So, around Christmas time, somewhat on a whim because they were on sale, we bought the Amazon Echo, which is Amazon's smart speaker that they have. And it has made our life better, I think. Hmm. We now, I feel like every few months we're buying another one of them because we found another use for it around the house. Yeah. Like right now, our kids, we don't want them to have screens in their room, but the Echo is a place that they can listen to podcasts, which I feel like that's like a decent thing for a kid to listen to. It's not TV. It requires them to use their imagination. You've read somewhere that listening to a book on tape is somewhat similar to actually just reading a book. Mm -hmm. So our kids have one in the room. We feel great about it. We like the drop-in feature where you can say Echo or Alexa. We call it Echo, not Alexa, because our kids started talking to it like it was a real person, which that could be a detriment. Mm -hmm. And that gets into like some sort of like freaky AI kind of apocalyptic situation. But you can say Echo, drop in on another room, and if we have one downstairs and the kids have one upstairs, you can talk to the other room. So if a kid's screaming, instead of having to like tire out your hamstrings by walking all the way upstairs to see what they're screaming about, you could just say, hey, drop it on the kid's room and say, hey, what are you guys screaming about? And then they can <laughs> yell right back, and it's it makes for a really wonderful exchange. And you realize nothing was wrong at all in the first place. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we're missing a puzzle piece. Um, so anyway, it's been, it's been helpful, and I think it works great about 75% of the time. Yeah. There are times when you'll ask it to do stuff, and it just spits out random stuff, like the voice thing part of it doesn't work very well. Um, and there's other times when it doesn't understand you and you end up yelling at it pretty sternly and you Mm -hmm. think in your head a little bit, oh man, if I had a butler, is this what I would treat that person like? And it makes you feel somewhat introspectively bad. But overall, the Amazon Echo has been a really good purchase and we'd highly recommend it. Isn't it called the Amazon Alexa? No, it's called an Echo and it it has Alexa. Okay, good. Okay. Got it. That's it for this week's episode of One Delightful Podcast. Make sure and check the show notes for links to stuff that we've talked about on this episode. To connect with us outside of the show, you can find me, Katie, on Instagram or Facebook at One Delightful Shop or on the web at OneDelightfulShop.com. And thank you so much for all of you who have left us a rating and review on iTunes. It does really help more people to see the podcast, but it's also been super encouraging to us to read your reviews as we're trying to figure out what we're doing here on the show. And we'd love to hear from you. So that's it. Have a great week.